Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Welcome to the very first message for 2020. This is actually the very first message for the decade. Yeah, okay, I oversold it, but, but it is the first message for the next 10 years, I guess. That is absolutely true. And so, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about the last 10 years, because I'm telling you right now, and, and you'll notice this as, as you get older. See, I'm only 25, but I, I'm telling you that you'll notice this as you get older, is that time, it just goes so quickly. I thought about 10 years ago, what was happening 10 years ago? And I was really sorry to be reminded of the fact that the Collingwood Football Club won the AFL Grand Final in, in 2010. Is anybody excited about that? Okay, all right. So again, more prayer for Russell and, uh, and you know, we're, we're all sad for you. And especially Katie, because now she's married to you. So, so, so there is that. Um, you know, so that, that was a thing. The iPhone 4 came out, so that was a big deal. Um, and I had an iPhone 4, and so that happened as well. And the number one song in Australia was TikTok by Kesha. That was Russell Khan's favorite song. And so, and, and so anyway, uh, you know, you start to think back, and you're like, wow, some of you remember when that song came out. And you're like, wow, was that really 10 years ago? Yes. And, and it's amazing how quickly time can go. And so here we are uh, 10 years later, and it got me to thinking about what's the next 10 years going to be like. And I don't, I don't think I'm the only one. I think that this is a very contemplative time of year. There are a lot of people that are thinking about what they're doing with their life and what are their goals and you know, what are their aspirations. And, and, and it's around about this time of year that people are thinking deeply, you know, like someone at some point went to Kiki K, they got you a journal. It's got probably got some gold foil leaf print on the front of it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So I see those hands. And so, and, and so you're like, I'm going to write in this every day. I'm going to put down my thoughts and my feelings in this and have a complete journal. Listen, by Feb, you won't even know where it is. Okay. So, so this is the thing. People want to start off well. And, and how many of us know that we're, it's not about starting well. You, you, you want to finish well. And, 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 and so, but we're reminded again at this time of the year that that's why people are recalibrating and, and doing things again. Like, for example, let me ask you this question tonight. Uh, how many of you have started a Bible reading plan? Is there anyone who's here? Yep. Okay. A few people. All right. Thank you for your honesty. It was actually a test for the rest of you. And, um, and we will be praying for your, the deepening of your spirituality because you were supposed to start one on January 1. And, and so people start Bible reading plans. In Jan, your gym game is strong. Okay. So in, in Jan, uh, the gyms are absolutely full, but they, they don't know where the car park is by March. And, and, and this is just life. This is what it is. You know, is there anybody here that actually says that's it? Starting a diet. I'm dieting this year and this is my... Is there anybody that's doing that? No one answers that question. But you know what? I can see some of you laughing and I'm not going to point you out, but I know it's you. And, and so this is what happens at the start of the year. And so people, they start to make plans and they make preparations for the start of the year. And the reason why we make changes in our lives is because we don't necessarily love uh, where we're at right now. And that's totally fine. Okay, so you want to make some changes. I think that's good. So tonight, what I want to do is preach a message to you called Get Set. So you know, like at the beginning of a race, when people are getting ready and they say, on your marks, get set. Right now, you haven't left yet. You're just getting ready. 
And, and, and when you're getting ready, you want to make sure that you set well. You want to make sure that you're facing the right direction. You want to make sure that you're going to run the race that, that God has for you. And so I want to speak into that tonight with a message called Get Set. So let me start here. If you want to change your future, you need to understand your past. So I listened to Charlene's message last week, which was a great message that she preached. And she said, you don't want to get stuck in your past. And I 100% agree with that. You don't want to get stuck in your past. But I think that if you want to change your future, it's helpful if you understand your past. Because where you presently are today is a result of the decisions that you made yesterday. And so if we can understand why we did what we did yesterday, and it helps us to gain clarity on how we got to where we are today. And of course, this is a trajectory for the path that we're going to take tomorrow. So it all matters and, and, and it makes sense. And you can't do the same thing and expect a different result. You know, did you realize that? Like you can't go into 2020 and do what you did last year but expect that just by magic that everything's going to be okay and everything's going to work out fine and everything's going to be different. No, 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 no. You need to make different decisions if you want to have different outcomes in your life. So I think that oftentimes what we've done in our past is one of the best predictors of our future. And I'll tell you why. Uh, this is a stat that I think is absolutely astounding. I've shared it multiple times, but it's so impacting to me which is that Duke University, they had researchers that looked into the habits of people and they discovered that up to 40% of the decisions that people make every day are governed by their habits, up to 40%. That means that nearly half of the decisions that people are making every day are happening just without them even thinking about it. That's a lot of decisions to be on autopilot, right? Up to 40%. So some of those decisions are small. Some of those decisions might be like every time you put your shoes on, you do your left foot first and then your right foot. Or maybe for you, it's your right and then your left. But whichever way you do it, it's probably the same thing every day and you've never even realized it. We have all kinds of things, little uh, course correcting behaviors that begin to guide our lives in a certain direction. And here's the truth many of us would be totally unaware of these little course-correcting behaviors that we have, and yet you would absolutely have them. You just don't know everything that you've gotten. This, by the way, is why I think that people often get to the start of the year, they decide to pick up their gym, their Bible reading plan, uh, their, their diet, because somewhere back way when, they said they were going to do the same thing, but they were in the habit of not doing it. And that habit was ingrained into them. And so it's really easy to let go of the things that you want to do and, and not end up where you want to end up because somewhere at some point, these little course correcting behaviors come into play and they shape and guide and direct your life. And I really believe that you are setting yourself up to fail if you have no idea how you're making a lot of your decisions. I, I really believe that, you know that you're setting yourself up to fail. Think about it like this. Imagine if you have this idea about where you want to go, all right? So if you have a GPS and you're thinking about where you want to go, but you punch in the wrong coordinates. And so you, you set it in your car and you begin to drive off. And as you do, there's little course corrections, left, right, left, right. They're only small, 
But every single one of those, because you've charted the wrong course, is actually taking you in a completely different direction. And what I don't want to happen for people is that they're filled with dreams and passion and excitement and vision at the beginning of the year. And yet they end up by December, they end up so far away from where they thought they were going to end up. And I don't want to see that happen to you. Here's something I want to tell you tonight. And I think you should all know this, but I, I hope that you really, that you really get this. In 2020, God has a plan for your life. And I'm not just trying to say that to encourage you, although it is encouraging, but God has a plan for your life. If you're here tonight, you are not a Christian. You're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're very far from God even now. And you're like, well, I don't know about that for me. I understand that God has a plan for Christian people. I don't know about me. No, God has a plan for everybody. And what I want you to do, I can't tell you tonight exactly what that plan is because there's so many plans here tonight. I can't tell you exactly what it's gonna be. What I wanna do tonight is to make sure that you get set for it, that you are ready so that when God begins to speak to you, and maybe you already has, that you can start to run the race that God is calling you to run. So I wanna read a scripture to you tonight. This comes out of Hebrews chapter 12. This is one of the coolest scriptures that you'll find anywhere in the Bible. I'll tell you why in just a moment. But in verse one, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Years ago, if somebody spoke to me and they said, hey, you think when people die that they can see what we're doing down here on planet Earth? I would have said to you, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't think that that happens. I think that when people die, they go wherever they're gonna go and they're just there and they don't look back on this at all. But this scripture actually says the opposite. And this is the only scripture in the Bible that says anything remotely like this, which is why I think it's a really cool scripture. So let me give you the imagery and the, the picture that we're meant to get from reading this. This is the picture that the original readers certainly would have understood when they were reading this scripture. When it says that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the cloud that it's talking about of witnesses are the saints of old who have run their race in their time. They have died and now they are sitting in the grandstands of life, looking in on the people that are alive on planet earth today who are running their race in their time. The fact that it says that they are in the grandstands, to me, says that they've run their race. They did what they were supposed to do when they were alive on planet Earth. And the fact that they're cheering at that point, looking in on the people that are alive today, tells me that they must think that it's all worth it. Here they are in the grandstands saying, run, do it. Come on now, run your race. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Do everything that you've been called to do. And when you do, we all testify that it is absolutely worth it. That's why they're cheering. That's why they're clapping. It's an exhortation to Christian people to run the race that God has called them to run. When I talk about running your race, I'm talking about living out the purpose that God has for your life. 
living out the thing that God is calling you to. And that's what this whole scripture is about. So when it comes to this, this, this whole idea of running your race, I, I want to tell you a couple of things tonight that I hope will be so incredibly helpful to you. And I want to tell you just from the get-go that I am a big believer in wisdom, not magic, all right? I believe in applying wisdom, not magic, which is really important so that you get this next point. Nobody beats the principle of sowing and reaping. There's no magic involved. You won't avoid it, right? No one beats the principle of sowing and reaping. I think the principle of sowing and reaping is my absolute favorite principle that you see time and time again because it's so simple to understand and yet it's, you look around the world and you see people that still haven't applied it. If, if you're new to church and you say, I have no idea what you're talking about, I'm gonna make this so simple for you tonight. Let me put it to you like this. If I take apple seeds and I plant them in the ground, I will get a... I will get an apple tree. Well done, everybody. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. Well done. All right. Now let's try this one more time. Listen, I want to make sure that you guys have got it. If I take orange seeds and I plant them in the ground, I will get a... You guys are so clever. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get an... You plant apple seeds. Guess what? You're going to get an apple tree. You plant orange seeds. Guess what? You're going to get an orange tree. So this is what happens in life. We plant seeds in our past. They sometimes grow in our present and we're going to expect some fruit from them in our future. But however it's come to be, right now, you're currently experiencing the fruit of seeds that you've planted in your past which is why I told you at the very beginning that it's so important that you understand why you do what you do and why you've sown what you've sown. Because if you understand that, you can start to make decisions today so that you can have some good fruit tomorrow. Does that make sense so far? So this is, this is I think, an incredibly powerful principle to understand in life. What you do at the start of your race will profoundly impact what you do at the end of the race. So how you start will impact how you finish. So think about this for a moment. I don't know how 2019 was for you. I hope it was the best year of your life, right? But for many of us, there would be things that we say, well, we didn't like this, or we didn't like that, or that part, that part of my life, maybe you can compartmentalize for just a moment, right? I want you to think about it. However your year ended up in 2019, is gonna have a lot to do with the decisions that you made during the year. Maybe even back further, the things that you're doing years ago had a lot to do with how you enjoyed your year. So it's the beginning of the year and you're filled with dreams and hopes and vision, hopefully, and excitement for the future and you're ready to get off to a great start. I want you to remember something. Well begun is still half done. So you might start well, but we don't wanna be just people that start well, right? Like what we want to do is not just start well, but we want to run our race and we want to finish well. So tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to sharpen the axe by asking you a couple of questions that hopefully will cut through some of the past and some of the confusion and help make it clear to you for how you can get into the right position so that you are set and ready to run the race that has been marked clear for you. Here's the first question for you tonight. Number one, what condition are you in as you look down the lane? 
what, what condition are you in as you look down the lane? Have you ever decided that you were going to go for a run and you were not as fit as you thought you were? And so you, you looked the part, but about three or 400 meters into that race, you suddenly realize this is going to be horrible and I'm going to struggle and I think I might be walking the rest of the way home. I don't know, because you weren't as fit as, as you thought. And, and Paul the Apostle is saying, hey, the best way to run a good race is to be in good condition. So what kind of condition are you in tonight? What's, what's the condition that you're in? Are, are you healthy? Are you fit? Are you ready? Listen to what the Scriptures actually say. The word when it says wait, it says lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. The word weight is a word onkon. And the word onkon means excessive body fat. They're talking about actual body fat, right? And what Paul is saying is, you guys want to get serious about this? Let's get you into some good condition. Let's start by cutting the fat, all right? You want to run a race? You better get rid of the stuff that's going to slow you down, right? And he talks about it and he links it to this thing called sin. And I think the idea that we're supposed to get from all of this is that, you know what? If you've got sin in your life, it's like weight that's on you. And if you're going to try to run your race and you don't deal with the sin that's on your life, and, and let's remember, nothing will cling to you like your own body fat. That's his point. He's saying, hey, your sin is going to cling to you and you're going to have to be intentional about getting rid of it before you start to run your race. Now, I wanted what I wanted to do is just explain it to you, but I thought it would be so much more helpful if I showed you what I was talking about. So tonight, I will be playing the part of a personal trainer and I need a volunteer, which I have prepared earlier because what we're about to do, I didn't want anybody to die on our platform. We have like a no killing policy here at church, okay? So, so I've already asked Zach Hooper and Zach's gonna come up and help me. So come on, put your hands together for Zach. And Zach was looking pretty fit. I've been to the gym with him and, and he's fit. He's, he's ready to go. And so he's going to do what we call a burpee. Have you seen a burpee? Do you know what it is? feels like hell. Okay, so, so he's about to do 10 burpees in a row. And, and if you have never done one, it's hard work, right? And if you think it looks hard, I promise you it's worse than you think. So here's, here, here's the thing. He's going to do 10. And what Zach needs from us tonight is to give him a whole heap of encouragement. So you ready? You're not ready. Uh, see, this is the thing. Don't take it personally, right? Are you guys ready to encourage this guy? Come on, everybody. All right. So let's go. We're going to count him in. All right. Let's go. Number one, let's start. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six. Come on, everybody. Seven. Eight, eight, nine, okay, ten, all right, fine, fine, ten, 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 ten. All right, now I know that you're proud of him because that was a really tough exercise, right? But, but here's what I'm going to do, and I think you're going to understand where this is going in just a moment, right? I'm going to add something into the equation. So I have uh, just something to help me here tonight, and this is a nine kilo weighted vest. And I'm telling you, this thing 
is genuinely heavy, right? So nine kilos doesn't feel like a lot until you're wearing it. So here, I'm going to give Zach this nine kilo weighted vest, right? Now, you know what's going to happen. Now, if you thought that you had to cheer for him the first 10 burpees, I'm telling you, he needs so much more encouragement to finish these next 10, all right? So here's what he's going to do. He's going to go for another 10 burpees, exactly the same exercise, but now he's carrying more weight. Are you guys ready for this? Are you ready for it? Okay, here we go. We're going to count him in, so let's go. One. Two, three, looking strong, Zach. Four, five, come on, everybody. Six, seven, come on, cheer for him. Eight, nine, ten. Hey, come on, give him a round of applause. How good was that? He definitely did it easier than you this morning. So, so anyway, I know you're puffing a little bit, but let's just be honest, right? Was the first 10 easier or the second 10? Uh, the first 10. Yep, there you go. Come on, put your hands together for Zach. As he takes his seat. See, as soon as I do it physically, right, it all makes sense. You, you, you see him put on the weight and you're like, oh, come on, that's crazy. That's going to be so much more difficult for him. You know what's really crazy? It's people are happy to walk around with that excess weight on themselves all the time. And they, they, they don't even realize how much it's slowing them down and preventing them from running the race that Jesus has actually called them to. People, people do this all the time. This is what you get a, got to understand out of this, right? Decisions that you make in your past will often overlap in your present. So you need to understand that even when you make bad decisions in your past, you've made mistakes, things you wish you never did, you have regrets. Okay. So because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, what that means is that you're forgiven for the wrong things that you've done, right? You ask for forgiveness. You're a follower of Jesus. And you say, God, I'm so sorry. I made a mistake, right? He's going to forgive you for your sin. So there's forgiveness. But you need to also understand this. Even though you're forgiven for your sins, you sometimes still have to pay the penalty for the decisions that you've made. And what happens is we have people that sow seeds in their past and are currently experiencing experiencing a whole heap of things that they don't want to experience. They're getting fruit in their present season that they absolutely detest and, and, and they hate. And oftentimes it's really easy for people to not draw the connection between the fruit that they're getting and the decisions that they've made. So c- come on, let me get spiritual for just a moment and talk about what this could mean. Because it says wait, and we got, got to get rid of it. So what's some of the weight that you could be carrying? It's 2020. You got dreams, you got hopes, you got visions. You're excited about your future and what God's going to do with you this, this year. And you're getting ready to run. But if you have got unforgiveness in your heart right now, that's going to slow you down. Like, okay, so people have offended you. And I'm not saying they didn't do it. Somebody's done something that's hurt you. I, I get it. And I'm not saying that... You should just ignore it. But if you try to walk around with unforgiveness in your heart, pretend that it's not there, 
and then just try to run your race. But really, you're all bent up and twisted, right, on the, on the inside. You're going to run straight into a problem. You're going to get a few hundred meters in to this race, and you're going to say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. Of course you are, because you're carrying all this excess weight that you need to get rid of. So for some people, they start this year and they want to start it well, but if you're carrying unforgiveness into the beginning of it, it's not going to go well for you. For some people, it's unforgiveness. What about this? What if you're just bitter? All right, and it's one thing to be bitter with people. It's another thing to be bitter with God. And I've seen many people that would come into church fulfilling their religious duties, right? Thinking that they're on the path to spiritual progression and, 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 and they're going deeper. But the, the whole time, if you, if you really check their heart, they're bitter. And the reason they're frustrated with God is because they prayed a prayer in their past and God didn't answer it the way that they wanted Him to. And so now they're bitter and they're actually really irritated with God, but they're still trying to live out this call and this life. Let me tell you something. If you try to take all your bitterness with God, stuff it down, pretend that it doesn't exist, right? You're going to begin this year in a bad relationship with God. And I'm telling you right now, you try to run your race with that kind of excess weight on you, you're going to run straight into problems. For some people, they're just disillusioned. For some people, they're just angry. They're angry about things that have happened and, and no psychologist will ever give you this advice ever. If you're angry, just stuff it all down, press it down. Let's pretend it doesn't exist. No one will tell you that because if you do that, eventually it's going to come out. So you got to deal with it. And it's crazy to me that people can be bent up, twisted, bitter, angry, frustrated, disillusioned, be carrying all kinds of different weight in their life and say, I'm ready for a great year ahead. Hang on a sec. No, you're not. You're not ready for a great year ahead because you are not set. You're not set for a good year. You want a great year? Begin by dealing with some of those things so that you can start to move forwards. You know, we're in January right now. We've just had December. It was Christmas. A lot of people are buying gifts and I, I love to get good gifts for my family. And so I asked Sarah what she wanted for Christmas and she said that she wanted this watch except it was a kind of an expensive watch. And so, you know, like, like total rookie mistake here. We went into a shop and she was trying them on. Like, that's a terrible idea. And so we go into the shop and she's like, I really like this one. And, and I look at the price and, and it's, it's too expensive. We really don't have an, enough money to make it happen. I mean, I guess I could put it on a credit card, but we didn't have that as actual money. And, and so I looked at the watch and I looked at my beautiful bride and I said, sweetheart, I love you but I am not buying you this watch. I, I am not getting this for you. And, and I felt kind of bad about it. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Because I really, really, really wanted to get it for her. I just chose not to because I didn't have the money. And I know that sounds kind of obvious, but it's amazing how many people will go into debt at Christmas time when they're buying gifts that they can't afford. Come on, this happens all the time. And since I understand the principle of sowing and reaping, I understand that if I sow debt in December, I'm going to have no peace come January because I'm going to have bills that are due 
and I'm going to put food on the table for my family. And I don't want to be sitting back going, how am I going to make this work? We can't eat Sarah's watch. So I don't know what we're going to do about this tonight. You know, I just realized that it wasn't going to work. The thing is, I, I thought, you know what, by mid-gen, I can probably pay all that back, but I'm just not prepared to do it because I've seen people go into debt when they shouldn't and I don't need that kind of stress in my life. I want peace. You want peace? Start to sow good seeds in your presence. And then you know that in your future, you can start to harvest some good things. So how about we do this for just a moment? I want you genuinely right now to think of something that you just really regret happened last year, right? Think, think about something that you just regret. And, and for many of you, this will come very easily, right? It, it's easy to think of the dumb stuff that we've done sometimes, right? Think of your regret. Now, I want you to go one step further and I want you to understand how that happened. Because when something bad happens in our life, oftentimes what we do is we say, oh, that's terrible, right? Well, hang on, trace back the decision tree. Well, where did I make that decision? Sometimes you made a decision in January that didn't affect you till July, you know? And, and, and the seeds of that decision were planted so much earlier. This is what I'm saying. If, if you can understand why you do some things in your past, then maybe you can make a change in your present so that later on you can experience some peace. Now, what I'm really telling you to do is to trace the fruit to the root, okay? I've got fruit in my life right now that I don't like. I'm gonna trace it to the root of the decision that I made and then I'm never gonna do that again. Because this might come as news to you, but I don't think so. At the center of all the decisions in your life, is you. You're making these decisions. You're the one that's choosing them. Now, sometimes unfair things are going to happen in your life. I get that. I absolutely understand it. You didn't ask for it, but unfair things have happened. Right now, a nation is in crisis because there's a whole heap of fires that are burning out of control. Nobody asked for it. Nobody wanted it. You can't be in control of everything, but you can be in control of what you do when things come and knock at your door. You can be in control about the decisions that you make. How do you respond to crisis? How do you respond to pain? How do you respond to offense? And if you can start to understand how you respond, you start to sow good seeds. See, if you don't begin to apply some of the things that I'm talking about, you think you're set. You think you're ready. You're going to start to run and it's going to slow you down. You'll slow down real quick because you weren't in the right condition. See, it doesn't matter how dedicated you are if you're headed in the wrong direction. And as you start to run your race and you've got all this excess weight that you're carrying, all this sinful stuff or all these wrong things that you haven't dealt with in your life, you start to run, those things are going to be like little course corrections for you. And before you know it, you are way off track and you're running in the wrong direction. So here's the first question again for you. What condition are you in as you look down the lane? Here's my second question. Are you leaning as you look down the lane? Can you imagine getting ready for a race and they say, on your marks, get set. And then as they say go, you just decide to lean into the other guy's lane. Have you ever tried to run on a lean? It's not good. I've never tried it. I wouldn't recommend it. 
if you try to run on a lean, you're not going to go very well. I don't know where you're going to end up, but I don't think you're going to end up where you're trying to go. You know, that kind of makes sense. And yet here we are in life getting ready to run our race. And what happens is we lean into the lane of other people. You're getting ready to live out the call of God that's on your life and where He's asking you to go. And you lean into the lane of another person and say, hey, how come he's got that? How, hey, God, why are you blessing him in that area? You know, it always hurts more when God's blessing someone else in an area that you really want in your own life. You want to see fruit in that area of your life. It just may not be God's timing in your lane. But in their lane, it's like they're just experiencing grace and, 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 and you know, prosperity. And, and maybe, maybe it's all happening for them. It, it's so easy for people to lean into the lane of another person. Let me tell you something that's really important. You will never win someone else's race. Ever, 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 ever. You will never win someone else's race. You can't by default. It's their race. Even if you get to the finish line or what you think is the finish line first, you can't win because they're running their race in their lane and you're meant to be staying in your own lane. You got different timing. Things are different in your lane. You, you, you don't want to lean into a place that you're not supposed to lean into and go. Now, even as I say this to you, you know, come on, don't lean into another person's lane. All of you would probably know this. You're like, yeah, I, I knew that. I know you knew that. I know you know, because you're smart. You're smart people. And so because you know, you're like, I know that's wrong. You know what I've discovered? Just because you know that something's wrong doesn't necessarily make it easy to live out. And even though people know that it would be a mistake to lean into another person's lane, I, I see that this happens to people all of the time. They're looking at what's happening in other people's lives and, and they're wishing that they had it. See, the reason you lean into another person's lane is because they've got something that you want. That's why you're leaning. Now, when somebody has something that you want, but it doesn't belong to you, the Bible has a word for that. And it's called lust. And whenever I say the word lust, I feel like people go, all right, this is about sex, right? No, this, this is not a message about sex because, because lust isn't just sexual. You can lust after a whole heap of things that don't belong to you, you know? Maybe that's one side of the issue of lust, but lust can be anything. You want something that doesn't belong to you. You don't have it, but you really want it. And it starts to stir something in your heart. The root of leaning is lust. That's what it is. That's why you're leaning, because you want something that you don't have. Now, there's a reason why they call lust one of the seven deadly sins. And the reason that they call it that is because it is an absolute future killer. You want to kill your future quick? Lust after something that God's not prepared to give you yet, or that God doesn't want you to have. You go after it, you're going to end up in problems. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Listen to what Proverbs 11 verse 6 says, The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. Isn't that sad? It's like they wanted something because they thought it would be good for them, like it would improve their lives. 
and going after it was the very thing that made their life worse, actually trapped them and ensnared them. And I think, oh, that's horrible. You don't ever want to get caught in that kind of trap. That's not for you. See, you have your own race to run. You've got your own race. Don't lean into the lane of other people. Make sure that your heart is clear. Get rid of the excess weight that could be on you and stay in your lane. Because what God is calling other people to may not be what God is calling you to. And you just have to deal with it. Listen, you are called, gifted, graced and anointed by God to do what He's calling you to do. But you are not called, gifted and graced by God to live somebody else's life. So if you try to step into their ministry call, step into what God has for someone else, I'm telling you right now, you're going to run straight into a problem. And I don't want that for anybody that's here today. So let me ask you a question. Where could you be leaning right now that you know you're not supposed to lean? Come on, be honest. Where, where in your life right now, you just like leaning, just peering over the fence, just looking in on what's happening in other people's life and saying, I wish that was my life. Where, where are you leaning at the moment? You know, like we live in this age where people have got Instagram. And so it's so easy for you to just scroll and see what's happening over the, your neighbor's fence. Like if you want to know what people are experiencing in their lanes sometimes, you could just get on Instagram and go, wow, look at all the stuff that they're doing. Like, like, for example, some people, and I don't get it, it's really easy to get jealous when you, when you go on Instagram because some people, you look at it and you're like, what? They're on another holiday? Does this person even work? Do they even have a job? Do they work for getaway? Like, why are they always, they're always somewhere, their life is so much better than mine, right? You saw some 360 degree video where they say, from where you'd rather be, and you're like, you suck. Stop it. I don't want to look at that anymore, right? Or you, you jump on Facebook and, and, and you look, see the blessings that someone else has got in, the, in their life, you know, like, like, you, you love the house that you live in. Like it's a good house. I don't know if anybody here is a homeowner yet, but you know, you, you own your own home and you love it. But then you look and you, and you see, oh my gosh, they just bought a new house. And look at it. It's amazing. Not like this house that I live in. Like I love that. You know, it's about time for me to upgrade, isn't it? Right? Oh, it's so easy to want to upgrade when you see what other people have got. You know what I've discovered? If you keep looking at what other people got, have got, you won't be thankful for what you have. And that's a really easy way to get rid of the thankfulness in your heart. And let me tell you something right now. If you live in this nation, you are absolutely blessed, like completely blessed. And you could waste all of that blessing and thankfulness by just looking at what other people have. You pull into a car park, you're at the shops, and some beautiful car pulls up next to you, right? And it's not a problem. And you get out of your car and they get out of their car. It's still not a problem until you know them. And then you think, wait a minute, how did they afford that? How did they get that car? You start stalking them on Instagram to see what they do for a job. What do you do for a job again? What's your job? I wonder how much money that makes. 
Oh, you're an engineer. Man, maybe I should have been an engineer. I wonder if, if I had their job, would I get what they've got? You see this? Oh, it's so easy to start to get upset and get jealous. You, listen, you got to understand something. When we see stuff on social media, right, and, and, and like see somebody pulling a nice, you're driving a nice car, you don't even know how much debt that they could be in when they drive that car. Hot tip, don't ask them. And then like, <laughs> you, get on, you get on Instagram, right? But you're smart people, right? So you know that that's the highlight reel. So if you compare your ordinary life to everyone's amazing, right? Of course, you're gonna feel like you're missing out on something. Of course, you're gonna want other people's lives and you wanna lean into their lane because you're like, on Instagram, everything looks amazing, right? So look, I'll be honest, I'm not great on social media. Like I don't post a lot of stuff, but I posted nothing yesterday. You know why? Because it was the most boring day of my life. Like seriously, boring. I woke up, I lost hours. I didn't even know what I did. There's nothing to show for it. Well, it wasn't productive. I, I, I really, I didn't really go anywhere. I, I did nothing. You wanna know what my kids did? They watched Netflix for hours, like a couple of couch potatoes, right? And you didn't see me get out my Instagram and take a photo and say, I'll show you how to parent, you know? Like, of course I didn't take a photo of that, right? I'm not gonna show you that my, my kids are just watching TV all day. I'll feel like a failure if I did something like that, you know? Of course we're not gonna show you the boring stuff. We'll just show you the great stuff. Like, if, if I go to the beach, yeah, I'm gonna show you. And I hope you're jealous too. I want you to be jealous. That's how I know I'm successful, right? If I go to the snow, you better believe it. I'm gonna show you a video, like the best video I can. So you say, I wish I was there and then I'll feel great. Like the, the, the point that I'm making to you is this. You, you can't just look at all the highlights of other people's lives and make that change you in a way that makes you wanna lean into other people's lanes and, and look down at their lives and say, I wish I had what they had. So here's what I did. I, I wanted to explain to you this idea of leaning into another person's lane, but I wanted to explain it to you in, in a way that would be so easy to understand. So materialism is such an easy way for you to pick up this idea, but can we take this to a whole nother level right now? Like, can we, can we just go one step deeper, okay? All right, forget about materialism. What if it's something more serious? If you're here and you're married, husbands, you ever lean into the lane of like maybe your friend's marriage and say, I wish my wife was like that. Why, why, my wife would never do that. I, I, this guy's so lucky he doesn't even know. I, I wish that my, I wish my marriage looked like that. Or, or, or wives, you ever have a girlfriend and, and you see the way that her husband treats her and you're like, my husband would never do that. You don't even know what you've got. I wish my husband was more like you. It's easy for people to do this, you know, to lean into the lane of other people's marriages and, and look at it and say, I wish I had what they had. Now, you've got to be careful now because you, if you lean for long enough, that becomes longingness, right? And, and, and when you're longing for something that belongs to someone else that you're not supposed to have, there is a word for that. 
They have it in the Bible. It's only translated, as far as I know, in the New King James or in the King James Version, and it's called lasciviousness. And lasciviousness is this unbridled lust. It's like you have been leaning for so long that now it's become a desire in your heart and you've got stirred up inside and you've been looking for so long. Now you're absolutely clear in your heart and in your mind that that's what you want. And by the time you get to this place called lasciviousness, right, you are willing to go out and, 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 and you know, forget about the consequences. Now you're so ensnared and trapped because that's all you want and that will destroy your life. Like totally destroy your life. And, and if you think about it, you go, wow, like, yeah, that's, that's like hard in this day and age because, you know, like people have social media accounts and we can always see what other people are doing and they take the best shots and the best photos and it's easy to do. Now this, man, this isn't a new thing. This has been happening since the beginning of time. Think about it. There's Eve in the garden. She doesn't have 10,000 rules. She's got one. Don't eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't, don't eat the fruit. That's all she has to remember. Devil comes to her and says, you should eat that fruit. She goes, we can't eat that. God said that we can't eat that. He says, oh, did he really say that? I think that God knows that if you eat that fruit, right, that you'll just become like him, right? Then what does the scripture say? It says, then Eve realized that the fruit was good for eating. No, she didn't realize. She was totally deceived. That's not what that means. What, what did Eve do in that moment? She took a second look at something she wasn't supposed to have. It wasn't meant to be a desire in her heart. And when she went after the thing that she wasn't supposed to have, she lost everything. And it totally changed the course of human history forever. See, this is a problem that's been around forever. People have often wanted things that they know they're not supposed to want. They lean into the lane of other people and say, I want their life. I want their money. I, I want that marriage. I want, and, and, and the whole time that you're doing that, you know the one thing that you're not looking at? You're not looking at where you're supposed to be looking. You're not looking down your own lane. You're looking down the lane of other people. Can I give you a really great piece of advice tonight? Don't stir up what you can't control. Don't stir up what you can't control. Because the longer that you look, it's going to start to stir you on the inside. And once you're all stirred up, it's really hard not to act on it. So don't stir up what you can't control. You know, earlier this week, Anne, who prayed for us earlier tonight, she sent me this message. And she said, I think I have a, a, a word for the church. And I think this is a, it's a really simple word, but I think it's a really important one. And she said, I think what we should really be thinking about, the word that I have is just inquire of the Lord. I was like, that's, of course that's a good word. That's a great word. Like in any season, anywhere, at any point in life, that is, a, that is a great word. Maybe it is specific for us, but what if you just took all your decisions to God? What if you didn't take the counsel of the enemy who's trying to destroy your life? You know, he's going to take you to what you want because he knows that if you go after something that you shouldn't have, it's going to end up ensnaring you. It's going to end up tra uh, trapping you, capturing you. So what if you just did that? What if every time you're about to make a significant decision in your life, rather than just acting on it, even though you really want it, you just said, 
I'm going to ask you first, God. What if you just said, hey, God, I was thinking about making this decision. I just wanted to know what you thought about it. And you just allow God to say, hey, come on, don't do that now. That's a bad decision for you. You ever allow God to speak into your life? This is what I believe. You don't have to be a spiritual heavyweight to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to diverge too far from this message tonight. But I'll tell you this. At a time in my life where I was incredibly far from God, He directed me very specifically, like as in turn around your car to find a church that's down this road. There's no street sign, but there's a, there's a church down there. I was so far from God at that point in my life. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to be a spiritual heavyweight to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. So you can go to God and say, hey, what would you say about this? So the first thing you can do is you can go straight to the Holy Spirit. But the second thing that you can do is you can read the Bible. And, and, and this is what I mean when I say read the Bible. If, you, if you're new to church, you haven't been a Christian very long, and, and we say to you, read the Bible. And so the next decision that you're going to make, you, you're like, okay, well, you know, Pastor Ben said to read the Bible, so, so let's do that. And you, you just flick open the page and you're like, here, God, speak to me. And then suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually on the exact page I was at this morning. Oh gosh, I hope this isn't a word for me because it begins... <laughs> It begins like, let me, let, let me read a line. Job 5, verse 9. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Like, oh, yes, I do. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, like, this is out of Job. So Satan Satan went out from the... Look, the point that I'm making, the point that I'm making, you see what could happen if you if you just open the Word? Although that was free because it happened twice in one day, but that's not the point, okay? The, the point that I'm making is if you just flick open the Word and you just read anything off the page, that might not be God. It's just how you went to the page. I'm telling you right now, you you got to get the, the Word of God in you. So you develop a framework for how you understand God. There's a lens through which you look at the world and then you don't even have to pray as much over decisions because you intuitively know that they're wrong because you've just know in your knower, God's spoken to you. You know that it's wrong. You don't have to ask God, should I, Lord, should I have this affair? Oh no, because it says in the Word really clearly, no, don't do that. So, so there's a, okay, so that was a pretty obvious one. But my point is there's a whole heap of things in there that God will speak to you about. And if you have this in you, when you start to pray, you start to ask God, right? I'm telling you, you're gonna get so much clarity over where you should go. So number one, I think you should inquire of the Lord and you should do that. Let God speak to you because you know what? What you want might not be what God wants to give you and it might not be what you need. I've discovered that, you know, we're not the best at actually knowing everything that we need. You know, we're not the best at knowing that. Sometimes we think we know what we need, but God, He knows what we need. So let Him be God and have the humility of spirit to allow Him to say no to you. Has God ever said no to you and so you haven't done something that you wanted to do just because He said no? That should happen. That should happen at points in your life where God says no and you're like, all right, at your word, I go no further. Occasionally that should be your experience. Number one, inquire of the Lord. Number two, do you have anybody in your life that would just say to you, bad idea, bro, don't do that. That is a terrible idea. You have anyone like that? Because you should. You should have some people that can talk to you and, and, and that you can be honest with. Don't isolate yourself. That's how you end up in trouble. You have anyone that you can just speak to and say, hey, this is the decision I, think, I was thinking of making, right? And by the way, just a little asterisk for this. When you, 
when you're looking at getting people that are going to speak into your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, only go to people that are also followers of Jesus. Because Christian people make this mistake all the time. We expect people that don't believe what we believe to live like we live, to share values that we have. If they don't believe what we believe, they're not going to live how we live. If you go to them, what, ex- what kind of advice were you expecting? Everyone knows where to go to get the advice they want to hear. That's not what you need. You need to go to people that care about you enough to tell you the truth and say, bad idea, bro. Don't go there. Don't walk down that path. That's a bad decision for you. You know how easy this is to do? Uh, Join a small group. In two weeks, it's small group Sunday. This is what you're going to do. You're going to get in a group. And and when you're sitting together with all of those people, you're not just going to divulge everything that's going on in your heart because that that would be crazy. I understand that. But you're going to build a relationship with a leader that you trust. And then you're going to say, hey, listen, can we catch up during the week? Because I need to share some stuff that's happening in my world right now. I just think it'd be great if you could talk into it. Find people that believe what you believe so you can get the good advice, you know? Lean into that. It might be a small group leader. It might be it might be a pastor, someone that you trust, someone that you know is gonna speak to you, a Christian friend. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, when you're running, when you're, when you're getting ready to run, right? On your marks, get set. Where are you looking? You're not, you're not, leaning into anyone else's lane. You've dealt with the issues that are in your life. It's 2020, you've got hopes, you've got dreams, you've got vision, you've got goals, you've got to have goals. And now you're getting ready to run. You're looking down the lane at the author and the perfecter of your faith. The one who's called you, the one who's gifted you, the one who's graced you, the one that knows exactly where you're supposed to be, exactly what you're supposed to have. If you're looking anywhere else, you could end up in trouble. Now you start to run the race that's marked clear for you. Looking down the lane. Now, you look you look down the lane and you go to Jesus. And now out of that, now start to set your goals for 2020. Now start to set your plans. Once you've got that other stuff down pat, you're not looking anywhere else. You're not jealous. You're not looking lustfully to anything, right? You're looking to Jesus and you go to Him and you say, God, what is it that you've got for me this year? Okay, now, now, now I set goals. Now I'm gonna run the race that's been marked clear for me. This is what's going to happen this year. Every single person in this room is going to end up somewhere. Everyone. And you don't even have to try. (laughs) We're all going somewhere. December 2020, you'll be there. Yeah, I don't know where you'll be, but you'll end up in December. Everyone's going somewhere. I'm, I'm just saying that it's worth making sure that you're in a good condition as you start to set out on this journey this year going to Jesus, allowing Him to shape your future. Let Him be the filter of all of your goals because you might get ready to run and you're working real hard. But remember this, it doesn't matter how dedicated you are if you're headed in the wrong direction. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Let me pray. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.